it's more so my personal vendetta against woke Marxism because I think it's such a destructive force and such a repugnant ideology. It literally goes against everything which Bitcoin stands for, right? Empowering the individual, personal sovereignty. All of that is antithetical to woke Marxism. Jeff, why are you muted? Hello, everybody. I don't know how I got muted. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Why Bitcoin podcast. The podcast where we question everything, but mainly, why Bitcoin? I'm your host. My name is Jeff. I'm joined here today with my always co-host, Doug. Doug, how are you doing this evening? Hello. Yes. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, yes, as well. Doug, we have an awesome guest on our show tonight. I'm excited to chat with this fella, a man by the name of, he has a real name and an internet name. We all know internet names better. Crypto Travelers on the show. Michael, how are you doing tonight, man? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. We're excited. Oh, thanks for coming on, dude. We appreciate it, really, seriously. So. We have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of cool questions for you, so I'm excited to get into it um what else do we have to do at the beginning hey if this is your first time listening find all our other previous episodes at whybitcoinpodcast.com anything you hear here is not financial advice we're just two dudes talking with one other dude do your own research buy as much bitcoin before the end of the world okay that's all that out of the way (laughs) (laughs) all Uh, right doug i want to i just want to open mike sometimes we is it mike or michael what do you prefer it doesn't matter. Whatever you mean, it doesn't matter. Mike okay. is fine. There's Mike. another Michael in the Bitcoin space, but maybe one day you'll have you'll be a bigger Michael than he, than he is. <laughs> <laughs> some some big fighters in that category. There's another Jeff out there that I'd love to have on the show too. Jeff Booth. I'm a big fan of his. I don't know if there's any Dugs. Is there any Dugs? No. No, no Dugs. There's no Dugs. No. Okay, right on. So listen, I just want to say... <laughs> just no. <laughs> just no. No Dugs. There still is no Dugs. Okay, no. we like to open with just a heartwarming story. And this is just a, a really, really quick heartwarming story. Mike, we do this because the world is in shambles. And if we don't say something positive, then it would just be negative all the time. So listen, today I'm at work and my uh, co-worker, I guess now I would consider him a friend, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm having this uh, really cool guy on the pod tonight. I'm excited to chat with him. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that podcast that you do. Uh, he's like, what is it about again? I'm like, it's about Bitcoin. He's like, yeah, but is Bitcoin all you talk about? Or do you, do you, <laughs> do you, ever, do you ever go do you ever go off topic? And then my brain started to malfunction because I'm just like, M- Michael, maybe you can understand this. It's like everything, every topic is Bitcoin. I mean... Whatever you talk about, you can relate it to Bitcoin. But I just told him, like, yeah, yeah, we go off topic sometimes. We talk about other things too. Like, but, but to like me, how to, how to get more Bitcoin or what I told my kids about Bitcoin or. <laughs> we talk about, we talk about food. We talk about life. We talk about becoming a better person. We talk about everything, but it's all connected to Bitcoin. Michael, do you, do you agree with, can you, can you relate every topic ever to bitcoin are you that as psycho as i am or do you still feel like there's a break oh man 
Yeah, so I can relate 100%. And I know my wife can relate too, because she's like, why does everything have to be about Bitcoin? <laughs> like, you know, babe, if you want to improve your life, just start just start buying Bitcoin just a little bit. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say too. It's like, yeah, whenever something happens, I'm like, listen, you should just at least get a few more sats. And this is definitely going to help you just do some research listen to these 1200 podcasts and then it'll all make sense because i mean at the end of the day most of people's problems come from the broken financial system if you really break it down to its core core sense and bitcoin solves that so bitcoin fixes everything and i love it it makes me happy there you go that's what it comes down to I think right you're on. both nuts, but whatever, man. <laughs> so I like my beer and my football and my, I'm kidding. I, I, I actually, Jeff and I were just talking before you got here, Mike, about how weird it is that like, like, uh, oh, actually, I think we're gonna talk about it later. So I'll shut up now, but, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Save the beer and football chat for later in the app. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mike. So let's, uh, first off, uh, okay. I found you, you found me, you found us by our, mm, what's the word when you're both friends? Mutual. Mutual Mutual friend, uh, AZ Hoddle, I think. And you were looking for a smaller podcast to come on to hone your words and thoughts on how to talk about Bitcoin, which I appreciate, unfortunately for you. Since that moment, our podcast is now rated uh, number three on podcasts. So this is a big podcast. So you're you're just going to have to deal with that. Wait, but what? with <laughs> oh the pressure's on now the pressure's well, on yeah. the pressure's, the pressure's on. on he's making shit up as he's going along so <laughs> most of the podcast is making shit up as we go along that's uh, true that's true <laughs> but here's my question here's my opening question for you man um i don't know too much about you i listened to one of your spaces the other day but i'm curious what's your background before you found bitcoin and then how did that lead you to discovering bitcoin and if you have any um interesting differences from the standard bitcoin story uh of you finding bitcoin i'd love to hear all about that okay okay well um i think my story is pretty standard for those that came in during the time that i came in right um but i can go way back we can start off with the mind frame that i needed to develop first and i think that came about um after you know 2001, September 11th, and uh, just started questioning um, the world, uh, the narratives that have been um, given to me throughout my education. That's when I started first opening up my mind. So I feel like that was a big part of it. So watch some documentaries, watched uh, Loose Change, and that's when I first learned about the Federal Reserve and that our money is essentially debt and we're on this eternal hamster wheel um of fiat and i was pretty shocked by that and i kept on exploring learned about the federal reserve some more um through g edward griffin and the creature from jekyll island so yeah that's a baller one i love that one yeah yeah and uh just amazing now now you know besides learning about the financial system and the monetary system you you learn that it's all been devised from a conspiracy basically and uh how they passed the federal reserve act like overnight on christmas eve and just you learned that hey this story about america i was told doesn't add up and then um so 
I was in college at the time and I graduated with a accounting finance degree. And shortly after that, um, about a year later or a year and a half later, the financial collapse of 2008 happens. And that's when I let me pause you right there. That's insane because uh, the the guest we had on last week also just had graduated with a finance degree in 2007. So you you should check out her episode last week. You'd probably become best friends with them. That's uh, that's rough, man. That's unreal. Okay, carry on. Yeah. So you know, and like I said, it's it's I was I guess part of the wave that early wave of libertarians that came in, um, and it's because it stemmed a lot from that the financial collapse occupy wall street ron paul all of that was in my background and i started looking for answers and i started becoming you know a sound money advocate i I went to a bunch of end the fed protests and started campaigning for ron paul and yeah that was kind of my introduction to sound money austrian economics and the political system and, you know, I started watching YouTube videos around that type of information. And that's when I came across this guy named Da Vinci J. And he would talk a lot about gold and silver. And then he started talking about Bitcoin. And I was like, man, what is this thing? What is this Bitcoin thing? Like, I just learned about the monetary system. And now you're telling me I got to get into some like digital technology currency and I was like magic oh, internet money <laughs> magic internet money yeah man but he was so adamant and you know our thoughts aligned on a lot of things so I took his kind of uh, I took his call to action and I started looking into it myself and once I once I kind of read the white paper and started listening to a few more podcasts libertarian podcasts about it I saw it as a as a opportunity to um to you know create a parallel economy and also to use a different type of money and i figured that it's a zero-sum game the less we use dollars um and the more we use a different alternative currency the more you know economic activity we remove from their control and so yeah i just started since then just diving down the rabbit holes and it's been an interesting journey, man. I've seen so much. I've I've been so hooked to this. I'm like ideologically driven. Like I want to see a world with sound money. And so it's just, it's become like a passion of mine to stay intertwined with all the current events and everything that's happening with Bitcoin because I really want to see it succeed. I really want it to, because the world that comes about from a Bitcoin standard, from a sound money standard is 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 a world that I think that we all envision to be one of peace and prosperity, right? As opposed to um, the destruction that we see with fiat currency. So um, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, just uh, continuing to explore. I think that the class of 2018, let's say, um, really brought in some intellectual depth that I think had been lacking from this space. So it's been fun to just piggyback off of all the insights from like Saif Adin, um, Robert Breedlove, John Vallis, and they're exploring this territory now in relation to economics, religion, consciousness. And man, that's just like you said, like we like we opened up in the beginning, right? Bitcoin intertwines with so many things. And mm-hmm. man, that's so many fun rabbit holes to go down. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah, That's cool. Agreed. Let me mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you a couple of questions while I'm taking some I was taking some notes while you're talking there. Sure. Uh, are you still are you still doing finance? Are you still in finance or have you No, so else, um, I actually I actually never went through after the financial collapse. I was so distraught um, that I never pursued a career in finance or accounting. And I just went to South Beach and I started bartending. Money well spent <laughs> in school, eh? <laughs> nice. That's yeah. that's the real education right there, man. Yo, it's so funny. I started bartending and YouTubing, and that's like I gained a, I gained, I guess, a PhD at YouTube University. There right you on. go. There you go. Did you uh, did you have a shit coining phase? I did. That's why I had that name, Crypto Traveler, for sure. Okay, yeah, okay. that's what I was going to okay. ask you about because I, I noticed that and I wanted you to explain that because it hurts my feelings to read every time. I got to change the name. Everyone gives me shit about it, and uh, I'm I'm tired of it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so when I you know I was first into Bitcoin, and then of course all the other shit coins come along. There's like Litecoin, and I mean at the be- at the beginning of all of this, there was I mean so many like so many shit coins like ppc coin and anyways i i was really never not big into shit coining but i saw it as like currency competition and the best will rise to the top um i think it it's based off of like uh ron paul and his teachings he was always talking about we should have currency competition so when i saw all these other projects arise right i didn't have the um the depth of knowledge that i have now to understand why you know bitcoin um provides the most assurance that it will maintain its monetary integrity out into the future and bitcoin doesn't exist in a vacuum right there's just like you're gonna have to choose what to store your wealth in and when you compare bitcoin to everything else it just like theoretically doesn't make sense to put your money into anything else and i think a lot of the reasoning that people have for shitcoining is like it's just not valid it's not um it's just a it's just a cash grab at the end of the day it seems like that's what it is but let me yeah. let me I ask think a lot you, of people are chasing the idea to get rich quick i know i know yeah. a lot of people who are, who are mm-hmm. in it now who are just chasing that get rich quick scheme so get poor really quick scheme happened over the last week there but uh well, let me yeah. wait let me ask just because uh you don't have to an- by the way usually i say this before but you don't have to answer any questions that you don't like uh, just say sure. pass or whatever we're not trying to get you but um <clears throat> i'm curious so what year did you come into bitcoin then like what would you say your class year would be because that would make it more easy to understand your shitcoining phase like i think anybody that comes in post 2020 that has a shitcoining phase is just being willfully ignorant like mine lasted about 72 hours doug's was maybe a month at that and yeah, I mean, I, I give it three months to be fair. Three it months? took me a while to kind of to figure that out, but now I think I'm probably more rabid about it than you are. Like, yeah, I have, I have zero tolerance for it at all. So, but when you but when you look back at the class of 2017 or 2015, whatever it whatever it was, th- they didn't have the information available to them, which is what you were saying. It's like we we didn't know it was all new. It's not new anymore. Right. So that's why I'm curious what what year you came in at. Yeah, so I I first heard about Bitcoin in 2011, and I would say I bought my Bitcoins probably in 20, some Bitcoins in 2012. 
and right. uh, oh, been oh wow, okay, yeah, it's but I mean, it's been a hard road, man, of so mm-hmm. many hard lessons learned and so many shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know, it's 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 not as glamorous as people think, for sure. A lot of boats bought and sunk to the bottom of the ocean with all your exactly. I'm sure, right? It's, it's rough to see. It's rough Absolutely. seas out there. That's cool, yeah, there man. Was, though. I, there was a lot of people from that time that I know um, that got into Bitcoin and just uh, early, but just you know, it would it was so hard to understand exactly what it was and what its value was. You know, people, I mean, they had hundreds of Bitcoin transacting on Silk Road and not recognizing exactly what they're dealing with and thinking mm-hmm. that they're just, you know, buying some weed with it when, you know, if they just held a little longer. No, I don't, I mean, you know, they, we're talking about like the world's best money here that is just, has just been, you know, invented and you're in at the early phase. I mean, there's a lot of those stories that people just didn't recognize what it was. Yeah, I think uh, I think the mindset and the the type of person you had to be to discover what was actually going on that early it was a super super rare personality type. And now the information is much more widely available, so it's easier to learn. But back then, anybody like we still look like psychos talking about Bitcoin. But back then when you were like literally the only person on the planet talking about Bitcoin, you must have looked even crazier. So I can definitely understand that. Yeah. Um, do you do you guys know about Hal Finney and his history? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely looked at, definitely know a little bit about Hal. I mean, uh, big fan, definitely gangster dude. Appreciate what he did. Uh, why do you bring him up? No, just because when you talk about the type of person you had to be to understand yeah. Bitcoin's value proposition, and you look at what Hal Finney wrote very shortly after Bitcoin was uh, released, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, the man could s- saw the future, I mean, very clearly. And it's incredible, the mind that you must have to have that type of foresight. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we we do talk a lot about like the minds that that were around the the creation of Bitcoin, you know, with Satoshi and I still say, you know, that at some point in the future we will look at Satoshi like uh like a Da Vinci or a Tesla, like just a mindset that works so far outside of what we you know, what we think we know right now, like it's that kind of like once in 200 year kind of you know, personality that created it. So it's, uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, like you said, to have Hal Finney come in and, and, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you, there are some people that make the argument that Hal Finney actually was Satoshi. Do you think that's the case or? You know what? I don't even try to speculate on, on no? who okay. Satoshi is. I, yeah. I'm one of those people where it's like, even if there was, I, I would find it so extraordinarily hard to, even even if there was enough evidence to believe that someone was Satoshi at this point. Um, but I knew Dorian wasn't Satoshi. I remember that. And I knew right away that he wasn't. It, it just, to me, it didn't fit the profile of someone who invented Bitcoin when I saw Dorian. So I immediately knew that he wasn't. That that I can tell say for sure. Because oh, it's uh, Craig Wright, right? Yeah, yeah. it's Craig Wright. Right. Right. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I still don't know what's going on with that i don't even know how he's he's suing somebody else money. now he's suing the 
the guys over at the BSV to like give him his coins back that got hacked. Like that guy's just a nutter, dude. Like, ah, uh, it's brutal. It's brutal. I don't want to get into him though. Let's not. Let's not get into him. That was my bad. So I'm he's good. living on a different level. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So what? What about you guys? I, I I don't know too much about you. When did you guys get into Bitcoin? So I found Bitcoin last Christmas. I had a week off work, and. I had actually listened to a podcast that had um, a <laughs> good friend of the show, Anthony Pompliano. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like me at all. Um, but I, I listened to him on a Bill Burt podcast and I heard that in the summer and I'd forgot about it. And then uh, it was Christmas time. I was broke. It pretty much all my money was gone and then some. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I should look at this Bitcoin thing. And I started diving into it. And then over the course of like four days, I went psycho, pretty much absorbed as much information as I could, told about 4,000 people what I had found and that the world was going through a societal shift. Nobody wanted to believe me. And then luckily Doug was like, all right, man, what the hell are you on about? And then Doug, you can take it from there. Yeah. And so my first touch with Bitcoin was like probably 2017. I had a buddy who just lost his shorts with Litecoin and I'd have any perspective. So I just assumed they were all kind of the same thing. So I filed that away under shit I don't care about, you know, and uh, and then Jeff comes at me around Christmas time, you know, but like actually, yeah, just just a little bit around like this time last year. And uh, well, maybe for that. Anyways, point is he comes at me and I'm like, yeah, dude, I kind of know about this. I'm not really interested. And then he hit me a couple more times and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to you. I'll just, you know, whatever. And I was back burning it in my head. And then I listened to a Tim Pool episode uh, where he brought up this statistic that uh, at the time, like 25% of every U.S. dollar ever printed was printed in 2020. And that like the whole COVID thing, and maybe we'll get into it, maybe we won't, I don't know. But, you know, like that whole thing pissed me off from the get go. And then to hear on top of that, that like all of this money was being printed and just pissed away. I was like, something's not right here. This is this is where it stops making sense to me. This traditional economic system that we've, you know, that I've been brought up in and I've been told to trust my entire life. And suddenly they're printing, you know, one out of every four dollars in one year. That can't work. I mean, you know, like it just can't work to me. So that's when I went back. And I'm like, Jeff, tell me a little bit more about this. Give me some some videos. Let's do this. And then I really got down to it and I started to understand what it meant. And I was like, this is it. This is this is this is what you know, this is what fixes things. That's incredible. And, and, can I can I ask you yeah. how long? So how long from onset to understanding? Well, understanding enough of Bitcoin to be like, I'm in. <laughs> I think I I think after Jeff sent me that like the first couple of videos, I think I had bought within a week or two of that. I was already wow. purchasing. And then it was a question of, all right, now I got to get the wife on board. And so then it was just this, all right, I'm going to sneak like 25 bucks here, 25 bucks there. Cause I know I'm right. And then at the same time, Hey baby, how you doing today? Can I rub your feet? Oh yeah. Let me tell you about this Bitcoin thing, baby. It's going <laughs> to be great. You know, like just sneaking it in here and there. And then finally, uh, we went whole hog early last, like, so June, I would say, is when I got her totally on board or enough to trust me on it, you know. And then <clears throat> and then the big move for us was uh, this fall 
she had a job shift and we had to do something with the 401k. And so we cashed that out and put it basically all into Bitcoin. So is she, is she totally on board now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she still is like, she'll every once in a while, she'll be like, Hey, what's, how's Bitcoin doing? And I'll either be like, yeah, it's great. Or I'll be like, don't ask. Cause you don't want to know, but mm -hmm. you know, but she does understand that long-term, like, I feel like I've done a good enough job explaining to her that this is a, this is a long-term game. And at the end, it doesn't matter what the price is. It really doesn't, you know, because eventually people are just going to be doing trade in it. And because I have my own business doing leather goods that she, I think she kind of gets it from that aspect where it's like, if I can trade, you know, cause like if I can trade for a, br a briefcase or something and I can get Bitcoin and I can take my Bitcoin and I can go to the local farmer and I can get food. That's, that's all she cares about. You know what I mean? Like that's, she's got, she's broken it down enough that she gets that. So that's what she's gotcha. looking for. And I'm so I'm sorry to turn the microphone back on you guys, but I'm just really curious um, because this is, I mean, it's just interesting. Did you guys know about money beforehand or the, the nature of money and how it, you know? No, I don't, I, yeah. I'll, I'll speak for both of us, I guess. Jeff, call me out if I'm wrong, but like, I think that was both of our issues is that we were kind of, we didn't understand what was going on. We just understood that there was this whole system that affected our lives so profoundly. We didn't understand a word of it. And what we did understand made no sense. So we both were kind of in a panic mode, you know, like Jeff much earlier than I was, you know, he, he literally went on like a four days with no sleep bender and, and kind of like lost his mind for a little while. I'm there. sure I learned. Yeah. Whatever you learned in your college course, I probably crammed in, in my four, what was it? Yeah. 72 hours or whatever on the internet. Just nonstop. Oh, my college courses, just to interrupt, I'm sorry, uh, but my college courses were, I, I remember writing, a, once I found out how the financial system works and everything, I remember writing a re letter to all my professors and just being uh, very Dog upset. I went yeah, I hope you whole, balled them out, dude. Yeah, I went through my whole college, um, you know, education without understanding exactly how the federal reserve system worked and i was like i can't believe you guys call yourselves professors basically that's good man you have to <laughs> you have to embarrass these teachers that's the only way to do it because i think that's yeah. what what that's what's holding it back so much is all these people that have ta been taught their whole life this is how the system works and this is the only way it can work and i have a, a friend that's in financial like in school for finance right now and he's learning all this shit i'm like dude this is all over and obviously he doesn't take my word for it he's and the teachers teach them it's like this is the only way to do it and i don't know you can't get through to the teachers because how do you convince somebody that's been taught for the last 40 50 60 years of their life one thing and then you're you have to tell them to scrap it all i think that's why people like well, Schiff are having such a hard time their and their paycheck, paycheck yeah depends entirely on this bullshit. so yeah, it's it's frustrating to say the least about how people are taught about finance. But yeah, for me, I didn't know anything. And what I knew was that I had a credit card that was maxed out and I needed to pay it off. And I was hoping that Bitcoin would be the way to do that. And then after uh, really diving into Bitcoin, I was like, oh, what I want to do is just never pay off this credit card because the, the amount that I owe is just going to be worth less and less purchasing power anyways. And eventually my government will probably just give me a stimulus check to pay it off because the inflation is running so hot. So it doesn't even matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think people that don't understand money at all are very scared of debt. And the more you realize that, like, like what you said, it's like the whole system is debt. 
all of the money is debt and they make individuals, individuals that are just have regular, regular jobs, a construction worker, chef, whatever it is, they make you feel bad for being in debt. And the truth of the matter is, is that the people that are quote unquote rich in the fiat system don't have more money than you. They just have access to more debt. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, I don't have to stress anymore. And that was a nice, uh, yeah, look nice at weight off my shoulder. I mean, if you want an example of that, look at Sailor, right? I mean, look at exactly um, right. <laughs> look at the debt marks markets he has access to. I mean, he can borrow five hundred million dollars at like point seven five percent interest rate. I mean, it's crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, us little people, we would never be able to have that type of access. So, I mean, it's the. I mean, the monetary system is completely skewed in the favor of the rich. And that's why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer because of that, uh, you know, the Cantillion effect and all of yep. all of that. It's just, it's wild to me. And when I found out about how this all works, I mean, I had a visceral reaction. I remember being so upset. Mm-hmm. And, yes, yes. And I just reoriented as much as my life as possible, interact as little as possible with the system because i understood that you know uh like again the economic energy that we give into this system is what gives it its power right the fact that we all work for dollars and keep keep this machine running uh is like is what is actually enslaving us at the same time and so it's like yo we have to we have to exit we have to find a way to exit and uh yeah. Primary, like when I first kind of came to that revelation, I, I got into gold and silver mm-hmm. and like, and then, you know, Bitcoin came around and I just, I saw it as a, as a better gold. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So here we go. I just want to touch on something really fast that you said there, that visceral reaction. I really do think that if everybody, like everybody listening right now, if you teach your kids two things, Teach them about how the Fed came into being. Teach them about the creature from Jekyll Island. And I mentioned it last week, and I want to, and I'm just, I kind of want to touch on it again. There is a series of books, and Mike, I'm sorry, this kind of sounds like an advertisement, but it's not just, it, I just, it's all flowing together for me right now. So there is a series of books called The Tuttle Twins. It's, they're excellent books, and they actually have a, 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 a book called, like, I think it's actually called the creature from Jekyll Island and it's basically like storyline version and it talks about it to get it for your kids, teach your children about the creature from Jekyll Island and teach them about how the fed makes money happen because it's once you learn those two things, if you don't have the same reaction as Michael had where it's his visceral anger, because you start to realize it's all made up and it was implemented by a bunch of rich guys that were just trying to keep their wealth to themselves and and basically x you out of the system once you understand that everything else starts to fall into place bitcoin makes a whole lot of sense just based on those two factors what happened in 1913 and then what does the fed do on a daily basis if you know those two things your whole perspective changes anyways i'm sorry okay guys okay doug that's the second time you've brought up these Tuttle twins, so if you're in bed with them, I need a cut of that. I swear to God, I'm not getting a I'm not getting a dime off of them. I just I had like they do they they do a great series of things. Like they talk about like how laws should be made. 
you know, and they talk about and they, and they kind of touch on like the idea of natural order, which is something that this country is founded on. This is what the, the founders really believed in this idea of natural order and God given rights and, and or creator given rights, whatever. Like they do a whole series of these things and they're all like they're you know, they're not they're they're probably like anywhere from eight years old to 12 years old, depending on your kid. They're great reads. Um, and they just start touching on these things in a way that I think is really important for little kids to, to, to start. Re- I mean, my kids have all of them and we read them all on a regular okay. basis. And I'm going to get these books. And I'm going I'm to really need to dude. I mean, okay. your kid's a little young for them right now, but maybe if you read it to him, maybe that starts the process. I don't Mike, do you have kids? I do not know. Any plans? I want, I want, yeah, I, I want kids. I want to have. Dude, children. he's a bitcoiner. He's probably got like plans for like fifty of them at this point. That's so. right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we're we're working on it right now. So, um, God willing, everything works out. But uh, just saying, the word the the name Doug is underused. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll talk to my wife about it. But I think she's going to pass. <laughs> okay, Mike. I, I have. Hey, uh, can I ask you? Um, I think it was. Uh, hold on. I think it was Jeff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, whenever you guys had your kind of like awakening moment on how all of this works and I, I i don't know if it was doug or jeff but you guys said that you basically binge watched uh you know yeah that was me I, yeah. I lost my mind what what do you mean by that can you describe that because i think i had a similar experience okay dude <laughs> i was on my computer i had i dabble with marijuana on occasion and i had a black coffee and i was sitting at the computer and I was like, okay, what is Bitcoin? And I found a video called, uh, it's by, this is my favorite video to send to people. I think it's called from somebody called two blues and one brown or something. And it's just how Bitcoin works. And it's from somewhere around 2016 or 2017. So I watched that. And then it, it, it explained that if, I mean, this is an overused um, story, but if Alice and Bob want to trade $10 worth of value, Allie gives Bob, Allie, Alice gives Bob $10 and then extrapolate that out a bit. Okay. And now we have this, um, a bunch of people in some office far, far away from you. They're going to keep track of Alice's and Bob's transaction. And I was like, wait, why does that have to happen? What the hell? So then I started diving down. I watched, um, I watched everything I could. I learned what Ethereum was cause I felt like that was necessary to figure out. So I watched a couple um, interviews with uh, Vitalik, and then I watched some documentaries, and I literally sat at my computer for like four days and didn't move, just learning as much as I could, telling my, like, coming up from the basement every once in a while to tell my wife, like, oh my god, the world is literally changing, I need to tell everybody, and we were going through a little bit of a, a hard time at that moment with some family-related things, <clears throat> and I was like, no, this is this is like a gift from the universe to say everything's going to be okay. I, I, I think you need to understand that there's a message being sent that the whole way society and civilization works is changing. And she's like, okay, that's great. We're going through a really hard time. And on top of that, you've lost your mind. And I was like, no, no, I haven't lost my mind. It's all going to be okay. And then <laughs> I, I was able to convince her to, um, we bought as much as we possibly could at the time. My son, 
Uh, my son's three years old now. We have a little bit of savings for him for school or whatever it is when he turns 18. I was like, we need to take that money and put it into Bitcoin. And so we set him up a wallet. And then I had to go through the whole thing of like, okay, now we need to get a piece of paper and write some words on it. And then we're going to put these words in the safe. And that just <laughs> drove her a little bit more crazy. But once I finally had those words in the safe, and actually it got to a point where um, I was trying to get through to literally anybody I could. And then I finally got through to Doug and Doug was like, oh my God, man, this is, I think this was a gift from God that you just sent me. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and so I told my wife this. And then after he had said that, I literally fell to my knees, like cried. And I was like, oh my God, I saved one person. Doug's going to be okay. Um, his kids are going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And then I was like, which is so weird, like just interpersonally. That's so weird because Jeff and I barely knew each other at the time. I needed to save somebody (laughs) and I knew you had kids and I knew that you, uh, were also a broke ass bitch like me. So I was like, but, but not because of lack of work or lack of trying to uh, accumulate wealth, but because you just didn't understand the system. And I was like, once you understand that this system is broken, that it's meant to keep you enslaved. And then once you release yourself of being a fiat slave, you, you feel like a release. It's like fucking being born again. It's like, Oh, I'm no longer a slave. And that was, that was a really uh, profound moment for me. Did you, did, is that kind of, I haven't, I thought everybody went through that. I was like, this is what everybody goes through, right? So if, if you can say anything was even close to you in that sense, I would appreciate it. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a, it was a spiritual awakening for me. Yeah. You know what? <clears throat> it's funny because yeah, I had something like that. Um, and I wrote, I wrote an article. So my first article that I wrote on Bitcoin, which I think it's still pretty much it stands the test of time. Like if you read it today, you'd still say it was a good article. Um, was probably that that awakening. Um, I talk about how you know the central banks are going to continue to print money and continue to debase the currency, and you know when people figure out that the scam's up, Bitcoin will be there with its arms wide open, uh, you know, ready to accept those that are willing to exit the fiat trap and um and and i had to do a bit of researching and it was the first time i ever wrote before and that's what i find interesting about bitcoin right it calls you to like you start doing things that you never thought you would do um and you just get really i mean just really into it because it's so exciting and so hopeful and you're like what is this thing that is empowering me (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I would say it was it was a similar similar experience in, in 2014, and then I would I'm gonna go a little bit uh, further out into the future, but like the block size wars were really demoralizing for me. I was just like, what is going on? I can't believe these people are fighting over this stupid shit. And hmm. um, yeah, I uh, what side were you on in the block side? Did you understand what was going on while it was happening? Yeah, so I mean, on a technical level. Not really. I mean, I, I understood enough, I think, to have a conceptual idea. But just from the standpoint of monetary principles, like Bitcoin shouldn't be messed with. It shouldn't be changed. It should ossify. Um, at least the consensus rules should. And whatever comes about from that comes about from that. We shouldn't meddle in it. We shouldn't have the, you know, we shouldn't um, have the hubris to think that we can 
um, somehow make Bitcoin better um, when its monetary principles seem to be good enough right now. And like, it might be the best money that we ever invented. And here we are going to start, you know, messing with the, with the variables, like to what degree can that affect, uh, you know, the integrity of the network? I mean, does it shift the architecture, the network architecture? How does it affect mining? All of that stuff. And I was like, I just didn't think it was a good idea. So I ended up on the side of being really conservative. And I think that's the way it be. It's just to preserve Bitcoin as it is. And we'll, you know, we will, we have to have faith that it's good enough for, and I think it is. And so that's, that's where I, I agree up. with that statement, by the way, I just wanted to chime in, but huh, I, I awesome. agree with you. I think that, I think, I, like I said before, like you don't, you don't look at something that Da Vinci came up with and you're like, yeah, but you know what? He could have done it a little better. You know, like that just seems, it, I think you said the word hubris maybe. And because that, that's what it is. It's just this hubris of like, somebody did all of this thinking, they put all of this into it. And then you, you know, you think you're going to just somehow uh, tack on like a little uh, post-it note to the end and you're going to make it better. Like, just knock it off. It's ridiculous. You it's know? like and, people that, that, that invented Gatorade. Like, oh, this hydrates you so good. It's like, bro, water. water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got what plants crave. Yeah. You don't need to fix yeah, water. Like, I think we can see the effect of that today. Like, you see Bitcoin Cash and then it 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 forks to bsv and i just think it's just human nature like once you start meddling with stuff right um that you just don't stop and i think this is what we're seeing in that whole um bit uh, bitcoin cash bsv craig wright um saga and uh i think that it just shows that staying conservative and protecting the consensus rules is the way to go yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Okay. Listen, we don't we we don't got a lot of time with you here, Michael, and we want to. I want it. So I'm gonna just jump yeah, I can ahead. Go, here. I can go a little. I can go an hour and a half if you guys. Oh, want oh baby, we, oh, we reeled them in. We reeled them in. Got him. We got him I, I ended up drinking a glass of wine, guys, so I'm feeling pretty good. So right nice. that's the way to do it. I myself am running a little monkey shoulder scotch right now, so we're good. I have a um, So we don't get to do this a whole lot, and I'm kind of excited about it, and I'm hoping you you kind of play along a little bit with us here. But your your Twitter work, let's call it that, your body of work on Twitter is actually one of the reasons why. I came to Jeff, I think it was two months ago, and I said, I want this guy on the show, get him. Cause you you say some things that are that are pretty, pretty tight, bro. Um, and so what we'd like to do, we talked about it here, is we kind of want to just go over a couple of your tweets and and just talk about the concepts in them because you do some some pretty good uh broad strokes, but I'd like to maybe drill down a little bit on some of them. Is that cool? Mm -hmm. Sure, I'll give it a shot. All right, so uh, let's start off with the, the most recent one, I think it was. You said, uh, and I'm just going to read it here, right? There are so many red-pilled people who are skeptical about Bitcoin, especially Christians who see it as a part of the beast system in Revelation. I don't fault their skepticism. I just want to reframe, reframe it as something they don't have to go all in or in on or even be sure of. So... Uh, I don't know, you know, if you said you listen, I don't know if I talked about it in the New Year's episode or whatever, but I'm I'm pretty hardcore Christian. Uh, Jeff is what I would call uh, aware <coughs> agnostic. Else. Aware agnostic, you know. I'm um, one with the universe, baby. 
right, right, right. And uh, so, so this for me, like I've always kind of wanted to, to, we haven't really had, well, that's not true. We had Arizona Hodel, Hodel on, uh, and he is, he's pretty Christian as well, from what I understand, but we didn't get to touch on it. And I just wanted to talk about this B system thing, like real quick. It's for me, it's a five, five, six minute conversation. Um, I have a, a pastor who is very much into revelation uh, theology. Um, he, we talk about this a lot. And as a matter of fact, he just did a sermon on it this weekend where we talk about the idea uh, where he was talking about this idea of the, uh, the mark of the beast. Uh, and he was actually equating it to the, uh, what is it? To the vaccines and to the vaccine pass and specifically the, um, the little inject, uh, the injectable chip that people are putting into their hands in some cases. Have you heard about this? Yep. Okay. So his argument is, and he has studied this, and, and I admit a bit of ignorance on it, but I, I just want to kind of break it down because we've, we've got to have some Christian listeners in the audience, and maybe others will just be interested, whatever. Um, his whole argument is that none of that, none of that stuff, the mark of the beast and everything else, that doesn't happen biblically until... Um, what is it three and a half years into the tribulation right so the the antichrist uh it, at the first half is friends of israel right and everybody loves him he's great and then halfway through he becomes an enemy of israel and that's when um that's when the mark of the beast comes into play so his whole thing my pastor's whole thing was this weekend was if you got the vax if you got the the chip that's not part of that system and I think a lot of people, like you said, are also skeptical about Bitcoin because they look at it as like, well, you're going to have to have this digital ID to do transactions, which is not Bitcoin. So I want I want you to talk about that idea a little bit. Okay. Can I just ask you, your pastor said that if you get the chip, it's not part of the B system? He's, what he said was, so his his whole thing was, he was he his he's you know he he touches a lot more people than i do right and his thing is, is like if i get this vaccine you know or or whatever uh am i am i automatically excluded from heaven right because the the bible talks about this idea that once you accept the mark of the beast you 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 can't go to heaven right that's the that's the argument in in revelation mm -hmm. and his whole thing was we're, it's not the mark of the beast right now because you don't have a one world order government that is running every show and you don't and i'm i'm obviously not a theologian um and i'm kind of just doing my best secondhand interpretation of what he said mm -hmm. but it makes sense to me in the sense that like uh there are there are certain prophetical things that have to happen before the mark of the beast comes into play so right now we're not looking at that and maybe this is a, a, I don't know. I don't know where you where you you stand on it. So I just I'm interested to. Okay, so in regards to what you said, I'm just gonna go with. I think that there is, we can, we can think of things as on a spectrum, right? And whether this is antichrist energy or whether this is Christ energy, and okay. When I <clears throat> so when I look at the vaccines, and I look at how they were forced basically they're forced upon people in, in certain segments of you know the united states and canada and 
uh, all around the world. Um, you know, to me, that's antichrist energy, right? That's we're, we're getting into the territory where we are forcing people to accept uh, some type of intervention, some type of intervention into their bodily autonomy, into their right to, to refuse and say no and claim their personal sovereignty. And we are doing it by restricting their ability to interact with the economy with the Vax Pass. So to me, all of that signifies antichrist energy. Means okay, that- and let me let me pause you for one second, just in just in defense of my pastor, not really to argue with you at all, because I kind of forgot an important part is that he was saying that these things like the Vax passport, these things encourage that. Basically, he what he he said something to the effect of it. He was it was sort of like getting people ready for that mentality. That's what these things were. So I think he's if if I'm hearing you correctly is pretty much right in line with that. It's not so I just want to I just want to tackle it because you, you specifically brought up the 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 mark of the beast aspect. So it is a good distinction and it's not my opinion, not yours. You can re- rebuttal if you want to, but it's not the mark of the beast, but it is I agree with you along that line of it's getting people ready to accept the mark of the beast. But I think as a Christian you have to kind of make that distinction for yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. You you do. Okay. And remember, I think that a lot of Christians are going to be deceived and, and misled. So that's really important to keep in the back of your mind and always question whether you're going down the right path. Because, you know, again, if you feel like this is going, like your pastor was saying, right? He's like, it's preparing people for the mark of the beast. So it's like, okay, do I want to resist now or do I want to resist later as a Christian? And it's like, you might as well work your muscle now. And that's what yeah. I would tell people. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you might as well enact your faith and, you know, um, and resist conformity to worldly ways, um, especially when they're at the dictates of tyrants. Now, I, I, I do want to get into... Um, how this relates to Bitcoin for me. So when I talk to Christians, or there's a lot of Christians that see Bitcoin as heaven sent, right? As a, mm-hmm. as as a divine intervention and God's way of creating a path for Christians to um, to escape, um, you know, whatever's coming. Um, and then there's Christians that are very skeptical as to what. Bitcoin represents just because of the digital nature of it and also that it's a global system and let's just say it's, you know, it replaces a lot of the sovereign currencies, the nation state sovereign currencies, and we would all be integrated under this one global system. So I understand their skepticism and that's kind of where that uh, tweet came from. It also came from like the questions that I think you guys asked on Twitter whether anyone had any questions for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was going to get to that. But yeah. yeah. And, and it was, it was in relation to those questions um, that I, I thought about it too, because that's, I think where the skepticism arise from. Um, and that's where that tweet came from. I, I tweet a lot of stuff just on the fly, top of my head. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no, 
no real in-depth thinking about it, but you know, sometimes I can word things in a way that gets people thinking and that's really what I'm going for. But yeah, I think that people, I think we need to realize that Bitcoin as it is right now, the way it's designed, the way the network architecture exists um, right now, I think it offers a lot of hope and it's a it's a good shot at allowing people to reclaim their personal sovereignty um and to exit a system that is built on deception and lies and human servitude right where it robs us like through inflation of our life force and we're unable to interact with each other in an honest way because the 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 um scales has have been tilted in the hands of tyrants and so like bitcoin offers us an opportunity to exit that system and i think that the world that comes about with sound money is very in line with christian values and so i agree what with I that wanna, yeah what i want to do is reframe or what I was thinking of is like, how do I reframe this? So, you know, Christian, so Christians don't feel like they're going all in on something, right? Because I feel like a lot of them are binary. Uh, they, they, they're thinking very binary. Like I have to accept Bitcoin and be all in, or I have to reject it all, you know? And so I'm like, mm -hmm. look, why not hedge your bets or why not just partake in it, be observant, be vigilant, make sure that the network maintains um right maintains its it, its integrity um because if it does then this is actually a, a really useful tool to bring about a christian world and so you don't have to go all in you can slowly dip your toe in the water and and see what it's like and just start saving some bitcoin right you don't have to invest all your money in it you don't have to transact in it you don't have to learn all the technology but you can start stacking and you can start becoming familiar and but you know just don't write it completely off because there is actually a very spiritual aspect to it um the fact that we would be able to i would say extend our our life force our energy our time and our energy through the money and not have it siphoned off by you know tyrants is a big deal is a big deal mm -hmm. and i think it's worth a shot i think that's where i was going with that tweet that's okay. cool i like that take. yeah I, I think uh yeah i think when you see this is this is what i've kind of come to realize maybe this will help you when you try to explain bitcoin to somebody and they just are like, oh, Bitcoin's stupid. I, I don't want to deal with this. What I've what I've started to do is like what both of you guys have said is like, tell them to research the current system they're using. Here, oh, read, yeah, read the creature from Jekyll Island. Read this book. Take a right, look at right, the inflation right. that just happened. And then tell me if like you're choosing to be part of the current financial system you're in. You're choosing dollars. That That's your choice. You don't have to anymore. So here's another option. But if you push people more towards learning, because that's what it was for me and Doug, right? It's like, I don't know how the money works. So learn right. how the money works and then find out like, oh my 
God, there's another option. And then Bitcoin becomes more and more sure. obvious as you can compare the two between each other. That's a, Yeah, that's but I think I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. I'm just going to um, that's such a good point. And I brought this up to someone else. It, it was a, a Christian farmer and we got in a little bit of a Twitter spat. Um, but, you know, he's actually doing great work and he's teaching people how to homestead and all of that stuff. But um, he's just he totally rejects um, Bitcoin and totally rejects modernity in its complete, you know, every aspect about it. But he's on Twitter tweeting and he uses dollars. And so I brought that up to him. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like you're over here talking about the the uh, I don't know, you know, like the pitfalls of Bitcoin. But like, look at the system. Look at the dollars you're using. They literally have satanic symbolism. All, in the yeah. <laughs> like, are you really like, can you really sit there on your high horse and say that, you know, Bitcoin is this evil currency when you're like, and that is the thing is that you, you hit it right on the head. And, and I am this way. Like when you were saying that, that Christians can be very binary, it's, it is. And, and I don't know if you are or not. And it, I guess I'll just speak for myself at this point, but it's like, for me, it is kind of it's either on or off, you know, like this is either of the devil or it's not, you know, and 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 my perception is God gave us this whole world, you know, with all of its its uh, goods and bads, and we choose to make our best out of it. But at the same time, the devil does do things because I believe he's a real person or a real entity. And I think he's actually, you know, he's everything that the Bible says he is. Uh, in terms of out there seeking to devour souls. And and so if there was something that he could uh, uh, corrupt, right, to ensnare more people, right, then then our argument as Christians is avoid it. Stay away from it. It's poison. You don't take poison, right? You, don't, you just don't. So stay away from it. And and I guess my, my argument to people, to, to Christians right now that are listening is... Jeff and Mike are both right. You need to first look at the system you're dealing with. Okay. Look at the, look at the icono, iconography that as Mike just brought up, look at the back of your dollar. Okay. It has the eye of Ra on it and all that fun stuff. Like it, or it's not the eye of Ra, it's something else. But anyways, um, but the point is, is that go back to your Bibles, do some studying on revelation. Like, if your argument as a Christian, this is my point. If your argument as a Christian is, Bitcoin is the mark of the devil system that they talk about in Revelation. You need to go do some more studying on what Revelations is, how it unfolds, and how it's not that. Because from my perspective and, and what I understand about Revelation, these things have to happen in a certain order. It's, Revelations is a prophetic book. You don't just get to slap uh, Mark of the Beast on something because you don't like it. You know, there it's a prophetic book and it's a prophetic book in order. If you read Revelations, John talks about these things happening in a certain order. And that's important because that means you know that the will of God is occurring and it's not just some random event, right? Like, and, and this one, because when I first started going to this church, you know, my pastor does a lot of this revelationary stuff. And I was kind of like, man, I don't really care. Like, I, I just kind of don't, you know, because if it's if it's the revelation, then or you know, then so be it. But I start to understand that like there are so many people that get invested in this and they get deceived, 
and and it 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 vexes me. It makes me uncomfortable because, as as Mike has said and as Jeff is saying, it's like we have a chance to. Maybe this isn't. This is my point: is that maybe you look throughout history, and there's always been bad times for human beings. You know, you had World War One, World War Two. You had uh, the the uh, 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 the Dark Ages. You know, there were all of these things that occurred, and I'm sure at some point. There was somebody going, see, this is it. This is the end. This is Revelations. Here it is. And it wasn't. It wasn't the end times. And this might just be a very dark period in our history as humans. It might not be the end times. So all I'm advocating for is that if you're a Christian and you're saying Bitcoin is the devil, it's the work of the devil, understand what how Revelation works, you know, before you start just slapping titles on things. I think it's I think it's doing christians no good and i do think that as michael has said that it's really it would be a very good thing to have as christians to be able to operate outside of a system that clearly doesn't care about your children doesn't care about your welfare doesn't care about your spirituality in fact works against it actively you know like i don't know you guys jump in i guess but okay let me just (laughs) let me say one thing great that was beautiful it was beautiful this is this is where I stand. I mean, you guys are great Christians. I appreciate you, but where I where I make my difference is like, where, you know what it is, okay, Doug. When when I came to you and I was like, no, I'm not a Christian person, and you're like, oh, well, what? You don't believe in the big man in the sky, and you think I I'm didn't a dummy? talk like that? No, don't make that's, it sound like that. Dude. That's literally what you said. But I didn't say it like that. I I did assume I made an assumption so, that you were going to make fun of me and you were going to use the cash lines of like, oh, you have Big Daddy in the sky and blah blah blah. No, I so I think way. I think there's a, a major split in the consciousness of people, and maybe this will actually touch on one of your other tweets that you said. But there's people that are living for a greater good that see good and evil in the world, and it doesn't matter what religion you're in, whether it's Islam, Judaism, uh, Hindu, Buddhism, all of these people that are believing in a higher power are all trying to separate good from evil. And when you look at what is evil or what you guys say is satanic, it's like, this is bad. Stay away from that. This will not be good for your life and probably not good for the people around you and not good for your soul. And when you find something that's good, it's like, embrace this and share this because this will make life on earth better for everyone. Um, so yeah, where I come from is just like finding what's good in in the universe and attaching to that because I think that's what humanity wants to do is just become a better and better version of ourselves. And we've been shut down for the last hundred years because of the fiat system and uh, debatable. All the other (laughs) empires before that have been damaged and destroyed and held back because of other people. And now we're ushering this age of beautiful, perfect money. It's just like finding water or fire where it's just like, Oh, now we have this. Now we can move forward as a, species which is exciting for me so um yeah i appreciate your christianity and your beliefs and i also believe that it, it, the, the reason i love bitcoin is just like it it's good it, it there's no evil in it and i don't like evil things so so, so that's what it is to me um, can i um can i yeah, follow up I, michael please follow up uh, can i guess i just wanted to ask you guys a question because I I have these questions, right? I am very I'm a very skeptical person, and I look at everything um, 
you know, very suspiciously. And I do see room for Bitcoin to be co-opted and to come under attack. Uh, yes, I, yeah, okay, I know where you're going with this. I'm excited about it, go ahead. <laughs> well, I guess my question is, there are some Bitcoiners that think it's a foregone conclusion that, you know, Bitcoin is going to survive intact, it'll be sound money, and there's nothing that can stop it. Me, on the other hand, I see that, hey, we are dealing with some forces out here in the universe that want to control every aspect of our lives and they've made it very obvious and you know bitcoin operates in complete opposition to that like i do feel like it's a, again a zero sum game like and i don't think that that force can exist in a world where bitcoin flourishes maybe it can maybe 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 there's a world where they you know they operate simultaneously but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there will always be a constant struggle to extinguish the light that Bitcoin gives to humanity, right? Mm -hmm. And so my question is, um, do you guys think about that? Do you guys think about... Okay. This is literally the reason I asked Jeff to get you on the show. And I, and, and I just, I'm going to call it straight out, okay? Uh, you, you've been very diplomatic and good for you. I, uh, golf clap, because you, you've shown a lot of restraint and I have none. So... Let's talk about let's talk about progressives and socialists in Bitcoin, right? <laughs> I think that's that's where you're going, right? Um, yeah, well, to some extent. I mean, that's that's more of my my personal like battle. Like the last thing I want to do is have like the woke uh, Marxists integrate into the Bitcoin community and show up at our conferences and demand safe spaces and stuff like that. So, but I think it's a massive there's, there's... problem. And it's literally one of the reasons why when I, when I, cause I'd fall, I followed you for a long time. Right. But when you started tweeting about that, that's when my, my antenna really perked up and I was like, this guy, he gets it. He understands what's happening right now because we are seeing a massive attempt at a co-op right and that's that's what socialists do and and i'm just going to rant for a little bit and then follow up because but it's like we've seen this in this country uh 1913 opened that door woodrow wilson was not a friend of the united states even though he was the freaking president right and we've especially seen it since the 50s and 60s where it's this slow infiltration Right. And I always go back to this and I can't remember exactly which tyrant said it. It could have been Hitler, could have been Stalin. But somebody said along along the lines in the last hundred, uh, 50 years or so, give me give me their. Ch or you, you say you hate me and I don't care because I have your children. Right. And that's what we've seen is that this slow progression um, where where we we've they've taken over the educational systems and then they've they've wormed their way into like the uh the, the school boards you know the the local constabulary right jeff that means uh the cops right uh we've seen this slow progression of infiltration where you have more and more as you say this wokeism infecting the american ideal right and and i don't want to see that for bitcoin i'm a hundred this like i said this is why 90% of the reason why you're here tonight is because of this attitude that you have. And I, I agree. It is. And you're, and that's the other thing. You're one of the few that's throwing this red flag up and it's killing me. It's killing me, Michael, that people are not seeing this nonsense, this ESG that's coming into the space. 
you know, and guys like Michael Saylor are saying, you know, well, we got to play ball with these guys. The hell we do. Socialists ruin everything they touch. It is their default nature to destroy because they're not good enough to create. That's what they do. And so this idea of, of somehow we have to be more, who was it that was, because I think you commented on it actually, Mike, in, in tweets, like you were going back and forth maybe with the guy. He's somebody from Bitcoin Magazine, I think. He's talking about how like there's not enough representation or, or whatever in Bitcoin. And like those are the beginning salvos of destroying. Those are, those are what they do to ruin something. And it's so frustrating to me because, and I agree, well, maybe I don't agree with you. You can, you can call me out or you can, you know, your version of it. But I don't think the Bitcoin mentality is compatible with progressivism, with socialism, with, with Stalinism, whatever. It is. I don't care. I lump them all. They're all the same to me, right? If, if it's, if it's corporate statist control it's all the same thing to me so you can call yourself progressive you can call yourself a, a socialist or a communist i don't care it's all the same to me and i i i really do not think because there are so many people that are like well bitcoin is for everybody and i am of the opinion of no i don't want it to be for everybody because there are people that will destroy it simply because they can't control it and those people are dangerous to human freedom they're dangerous, like uh, revolutionarily bodies up against the wall, firing squad, dangerous to the human race. So I, I have no quarter for them. And you've, you've been kind of ringing this bell, you know, as far as I, I've seen it for the last couple of months. And I don't see a lot of traction with it. And it, it makes me curious as to like, why do you think that is? And have I misconstrued your, your take at all? Like, I'll leave it to you from here. Let me, let me answer the question too, from my point of view. So you said, are we skeptical that it could be destroyed or co-opted or taken down? And, um, you said you were skeptical. So number one, I'm, I'm the most skeptical person. That's why I went into such a deep dive trying to figure it out. When I was learning about Bitcoin, my main question in my head uh, another reason why we named the podcast Why Bitcoin was like, I was trying to figure out why does Bitcoin matter and how do I break it and how does it fail? And so uh, I've heard, so what I try and do every day is like, okay, how does this thing not work? And I've noticed through listening to other podcasts, some of the smartest minds on the planet right now, that's their main goal too. Your buddy breed love and everybody else is like, all I'm trying to do is figure out how this thing doesn't work. And they can't do it. So if all the smartest people are working together to try and break it and they can't, that's uh, reassuring, I guess, which I appreciate. Um, and I think, yeah, that for me was when like, obviously, you know, the term Bitcoin maxi, that's when I was like, I guess I'm a maxi now because everything else sucks and Bitcoin is just the only thing that works. So I call myself not a Bitcoin maxi, but like just a fiat minimalist. I don't want any fiat. I just, I don't. And I, I guess I'm contradicting myself because I said I love Bitcoin. I don't love Bitcoin. I just I just hate all the other options. Like Bitcoin is just the best option right now. And if Bitcoin does fail, I don't think it can. But if it does, it's like, well, we were we were screwed to begin with. It's like all this that we work towards, if Bitcoin fails, then we never had a chance anyways. Um, and I think, yeah, the people that are that could also try and take it down people at the WEF and uh, 
people that control the current monetary system, if they try and break it, which I'm sure they're trying to, they can't. And I think, in my opinion, I think that's why they created Ethereum, because it's like, well, here, we'll make a different system that we can control that will be hot and exciting for all the cool kids and we'll get them on this system. Whereas Bitcoin is boring, it's simple, it, there's, it doesn't change, it's old tech, but it's beautiful. Where And Ethereum is like, oh, this is so cool. It's gonna, it's, you know, save the world and it's uh, environmentally friendly and it's it can do all this cool stuff. It's like, yeah, but it's controlled by somebody else. So because they can't control Bitcoin, they had to create something else they can control. And I think we'll see all the CBDC, CBDCs come out as an Ethereum token probably, or at least running very close to that program because that, that's what they need. They want to track everything. They want to see what you're doing and they want to be able to control the money that you spend. Um, as for progressives in Bitcoin, I just think they just haven't got it yet. I mean, when I was poor, when I was a kid, and I think a lot of people share this, Doug is actually one of the outliers, but when I was a kid, I was like, a co- I was a full on communist because you think this is great. We'll all share everything we make and everybody will be happy and happy, happy, joy, joy. And uh, we'll have all these things and everybody will share. But as you can see, communism doesn't work. <laughs> it never has and it never will. And then once you start making your own money, you realize like, oh, I created this value. I'm going to store this value. And then if they try and like, even if they want to start another system side by side with Bitcoiners, it doesn't matter because we can just live our own lives in our citadels on our own system and they can control all the brain dead morons that want to hold whatever other CBDC or whatever other token and they can just do that side by side. And then if they want to destroy us still and literally yeah, come... But you're missing, you're missing my point, <laughs> Jeff, honestly. is My point is, is they're not going to be satisfied with trying to create the alternative right that's the first salvo the first salvo is ethereum i agree with you on that by the way but when that doesn't work because it can't right okay what they're going to do it it, it it's it it won't long term it can't it's just yeah, long term because okay? no. long term it'll, it'll be it'll be it's a fiat it's a fiat it's going to be a fiat right and, and they're just going to print as much as they need to make it work that's what they're going to do but yeah. what the next step is and this is where you have to start looking at like how do they operate is this idea of they infiltrate it they get into it from a low level they work their way up and they start co-opting it things like the esg if they can get enough miners to sign on to this esg like like they have some sort of uh yeah they can't say do like that a, though doug they, they can't they, they can though because what they do is they try to they try to make it so appealing you know, from a look, if you just listen, all you have to do, all you have to do is just say that you're ASG and then you're one of the good guys, you know, and then you get to, we see this all the time on Twitter. You know, we see, we see BMW putting, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the gay flag pride parade stuff on their, on their logo when it's for the U S but then it's when you look at the, any sort of, um, you know, like Mercedes, uh, EAU or whatever, it's, it's all just blacks and whites, right? Like all you have to do is just say that you're part of it. And we saw this a ton with all the riots and everything and black lives matter. You know, if you just say that you're for black lives matter, then we won't burn you to the ground. Yeah, but but if is- you don't. This is then the we difference. come after you. This is the difference is that 
you can you can just say no we're not esg and then bitcoin just keeps running and then if, if the ultimate ultimatum comes to okay we're gonna kill you then if if, yeah. if it literally comes to the point where we're gonna kill you if you're a bitcoiner it doesn't matter because they still can't get the f- bitcoin like and it will continue and let's good hear what our guest has to say on this so what, yeah what do you have... think michael <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> again, um, I think the whole woke movement, right, on its on its own, I don't think it affects Bitcoin, um, the system, but it does again affect the community. Like I, I was invited to his Twitter spaces and then I was disinvited, right? Because the person didn't like my mean tweets. So I mean, in my personally, I've already seen like the whole woke safe spaces uh situation already affect you know my life and so that's what i'm warning uh warning about for the most part it like for this to not infiltrate the community because then everything turns into a mess but on its own i don't think it has any real teeth to affect bitcoin because we could all run our nodes Mm -hmm. and ignore them so that's what that it's it's more so my personal vendetta against woke marxism because i think it's such a destructive force and such a repugnant ideology um it literally goes against everything um which bitcoin stands for right empowering the individual personal sovereignty um and and all those uh you know um property rights all of that is antithetical to woke marxism and I, I, I just don't understand their appeal to it. I don't understand what it is that they find appealing about Bitcoin because their ideology is all about control. It's about using state power to impose their worldview onto others and have them conform. So why why are they here? The only thing I could think of is that, you know, they're slowly making their way through um our system in order to try to influence the public uh, discussions on it. And so that's, that's my personal vendetta, but when it comes to like ESG and all of that, I think it is a serious threat. I think that if enough of the miners and enough of the major corporations fall under the ESG umbrella, right. And they start influencing them um, in certain ways, I think that there can be enough of a network effect there, enough of the network, let's say the Bitcoin network, to really give a formidable challenge. Um, And it could be something mundane, like, hey, let's add, you know, let's add this blacklist just just to keep the pedophiles out and to keep those those uh, rogue governments, you know, those dictators like, you know, the, the same moral narratives that they use all the time to further empower themselves right like hey yeah we need to topple saddam hussein because of uh you know wh- whatever reason right 911 <laughs> cuz cuz of 911 so they go in yeah. there and he had nothing to yes. do with it right yes. or weapons of mass yeah. destruction so whatever narratives they use they always use that to to for a power grab and so you know hey listen a lot of these miners are becoming corporatized right now and you know if they want access to the capital markets and they want access to favorable treatment well they're gonna have to have a good esg score so you know you better do what what they say that's why i think 
the idea of corporate miners is an attack vector. And I think that we should have always seen it that way. Standalone miners, off-grid miners with their own independent energy sources. I think that's the route that we need to go. And I think mm -hmm. that the idea of the, the miners in China, you know, China banning miners, I think that was a bad thing for, for Bitcoin. I prefer to see this like globally adopted and that way it's a, it's just a tug of war, right? It's just a, a, a stalemate between nation states uh, as opposed to the mining now being more geographically centralized, right? Um, I think we'll see, so I, we'll, we still see miners in China. It'll still come up. People will still quote unquote, break the law to mine Bitcoin. So yeah, so that, there's that, a law, it, it just, who cares, you know, fuck your laws. No, I, I think, but no, here's the thing though, Jeff is, and this is Mike's point and mine as well, I think is that we, we're plebs, man. We have to defend the system. That was, that's our job. Right. And, and this idea of, look, we just have to look at attack. Like you're always saying, how do I, how do I, how do I break Bitcoin? Right. Mm -hmm. That's your mantra. It's been your mantra pretty much since episode one. And my point now is, okay, how do we defend Bitcoin? You know, how do we, how, because. Well, how you defend it is by. Look at it from this point. Look at it from this point. We've, we've said on this show tonight, we have said Bitcoin is one of the most revolutionary things we've ever seen in the human race. Okay. You don't think that somebody's going to try to tear that down? Of course they're going like, to, but who cares? They can't. I don't understand. But the point yeah, I think, is. I think is, that. We, we need to really like consider that because it's, it's more so like they can't, if we actively protect the network, right? Mm -hmm. Because exactly. We, we you do are, that by running. Yeah. You do. Isn't that the whole block size wars was that it doesn't come down to the miners. It comes down to the nodes. So the most important thing to do is run a node and follow the consensus that you want to follow. So if somebody says, okay, we're going to run this new soft fork that uh, cares more about ESG narratives or pedophiles aren't allowed to use Bitcoin anymore. You just disregard that, that, that uh, fork and carry on. Right. But, yeah. but the argument here is the argument here is that, if you have enough guys running their own nodes and they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm not a fan of pedophiles either. I'll join on. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about this idea of this, this soft coercion, right? That happens because they've learned how to do this, right? They, these, these socialists have learned how to, they understand, look, but you they know understand you if you come at somebody hardcore, Right, you kick in their door and you start baseball batting all of their their tchotchkes and and pictures of their family and stuff. They're gonna reject you. They're gonna outright that like they'll submit, but they'll hate you, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll try and 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 uh, uh, def defy you any way they can subtly, right? But what they've learned is that's not the way to go. Don't kick in their door. Just make them feel guilty, and then you can have them. Then they will they will give they will give you their children and let you vaccinate them. Let them stick experimental drugs in their arms. They'll give you their children. So let, right? they figured this out. Let so me that's say, that's I think that's what Michael is trying to go for. That's definitely what I'm trying to go for. Okay, is this me, idea of if we open those doors, if we let them sneak in, you know, they used to call it camel's nose under the tent, right? If you just let that camel's yeah. nose in, and suddenly you got the, you know, go ahead. That that's Marty's, you know, Marty Ben, he's big on that too. And he had that discussion with Sailor. He's like, why are we even entertaining this? Because we know they're not operating in good faith. It's not about the environment. It's not about climate change. It's it's not about any of that sustainability. It's about power. It mm -hmm. and so 
the minute we start entertaining their narratives, then we're operating on, on their rules. Yeah, and yes. Yep. And they, they never just, they're never just satisfied with, you know, having a seat at the table, right? They, they want to control the table. And so I think that's, that's the real danger. And again, back to my point, I think that we all are Bitcoin. So yes, it, it, we need to run nodes. We need to figure out how to mine, uh, like, uh, sustainably, because I think that big miners are going to come under attack. I think we saw Jason Lowry, right? He talked about the U S nationalizing mining and it's just a matter of time. And, um, I thought that was very revealing. And I think that, you know, major miners are going to come under attack. We have like, what I think about is the situation with Bukele in, in El Salvador. And what I would like to see is more countries start to um, go down his path. Then I'll mm -hmm. feel a lot more secure that, okay, uh, you know, even though the United States is, you know, coming under attack from woke Marxism and the whole ESG narrative, a lot of the other countries, they can they can just ignore it. And so the network is still properly decentralized enough that it has its integrity. But what I'm worried about is the increasing uh, role that the U.S. plays in in the Bitcoin architecture, right? In the Bitcoin network. It's like, okay, like, yeah, I mean, I'm pro-America, but, you know, that's still, you know, if, if, if America becomes captured, um, then, then we're in, we're in a bad situation. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying? I, I understand no, I agree. that. I agree. I, what I think is that you guys, so you guys are thinking that people will be coerced into changing the Bitcoin network and yeah. I think corporations, corporations, like more so than yeah, major, especially corporations, major yeah. players. Hmm. Okay. Like Coinbase, the major mining corporations. Yeah, Coinbase doesn't have any Bitcoin anyways. They have like 12 Bitcoins on their balance sheet, so it's fun. <laughs> no, but they hold a lot of other people's Bitcoin. Well, that's, fuck, yeah, that's, that's those true. people's faults. Yeah, get your Bitcoin off of uh, Coinbase and delete Coinbase. I agree with that. <sighs> yeah, so that that's the other thing we need to do too. Because if if there's a situation where like, you know, these major exchanges um, get nationalized, right? Well... Like those people that have the coins on those exchanges, unless they want, they have to go with whatever <sighs> rules or whatever fork is imposed upon them. And that's mm -hmm. because otherwise they lose their, their coins. So I guess we need to like really like uh, grasp the idea of Bitcoin's ethos and like that it empowers personal sovereignty, mm -hmm. not only for the individual, but for corporations. And like the more that we can educate people on why that's important, um, I think the better. Like we, we want to make the system as little as as like we do not want the system to be vulnerable. All right. So I don't know if this is going to come out in the edit or whatever, but we had some sort of weird Zencaster snafu where it just stopped recording for some reason. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, call it good on that one. We're just gonna say that uh, socialists suck, and we all agree with that. And uh, get your Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin off is, of exchanges. Get your Bitcoin off of exchanges, definitely. And, run a node. Um, run a node. Run a node. There you Mine, go. if you can. Yo, shout out to like multiple miners' stories coming out of just like one-off miners finding blocks, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's been a weird little spate of that, hasn't it? So. All right, so Dude, I'm, 
sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I know some yeah. miners here in Florida, man. They're just mining on the grid and they're just, I mean, they're plebs and they're just doing it. And I'm like, I'm totally impressed. And, you know, I love that spirit. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, that's what that's what Bitcoin is. Right, man. It's like it's that total sovereignty thing where it's like you want to you want to help the you want to help the community run run a miner, run a node. Just do your well, own there's thing. There's some people that are really dedicated. I mean, really dedicated yeah. to like trying to secure the network. It's awesome. Yeah, it's very yeah. impressive. And God bless them all. Seriously. So. So listen, uh, Michael, we know you got to get going here and we appreciate all your time, man. We really do. Um, we have so much more to talk with you about though. Like, can we, can we get you back at some point? Yeah, dude, I really enjoyed it. Right thank on. you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to, Jeff, why don't soon. you, uh, why don't you take us to the next bit here? Um, and then, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do our next bit. We'll have Michael kind of pimp whatever he wants to pimp and then we'll, we'll close out the show. How about that? Cool. Right on. Okay, guys. Right. So if this is your first time listening, uh, this is a part of the show where Doug and I do something called the yep okay you did it okay so every week uh we check the price of bitcoin and we try to make a guess of what we think it's going to be the following week we have a competition going on with a hundred thousand sats on the line whoever guesses the closest to the price of bitcoin the following week gets a point and then at the end of the season we see who has the most points and the winner the loser gives the winner a hundred thousand sats now michael whenever we have a guest on we ask that they partake just give us a guess of what you think the price of bitcoin is going to be and for you if you are to win if you are to come closest to the price of bitcoin next week then what we will do is add um five thousand sats to our pot not from you just from <laughs> each other so it kind of makes it a little bit more exciting for us are you down to uh play a little game of guess the price sure Right on. Okay, okay let's do it. Why Bitcoin presents your weekly price check. All right. So last week, just recapping real fast, um, nobody was right, but Jeff was the the bear of the group, and so he wins. I'll just I'll just do it like that. I don't right need on. To rehash all the numbers. So okay. sorry, Chris. Sorry, Frida. You guys were wrong. Everybody but, thought we, we were going bullish, but we went way down. Okay. We went so. totally opposite. All right. So we're gonna take thirty seconds right now. In USD. Wait, well, at least know what the current price is. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I should probably do that. I don't even know, man. I don't even care most of the time. <laughs> if, I know, but for this game, I should probably care. Just for the game, we're like, people like the price, right? We should probably talk about the price oh, on our Bitcoin oh, podcast. Happened? Yeah, things go up okay. and down. Yeah, all right. So currently, the price is 36313 and 63 cents. Right on. So, and Michael, for the record, we do go by pennies if you want to throw your pennies in there too. So that's fine. Let's take uh, 30 seconds starting now. Wait, what's going on? You just try. Oh, are, what we, we do, do is the other system. Sorry. So we write down what our price is going to be so that whoever, whoever says it first, uh, the, the second person doesn't get a. Um, advantage like if i say i think it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars and then Doug says, i, I think you. it's going to be nine so nine I, nine I, nine you, you want me to write it down real quick yeah or just I mean, like in your head man that's fine it's not but, a big deal it's more just yeah. for us too because we're spazzes <laughs> all right here we go
All right, Jeff, I'm ready. And I think Michael's probably ready too. Okay. Who, so I won, so I go first, right? That's true. That's true you do. Okay, so I went with, I think, at the recording of the podcast next week, next Monday, the price of one Bitcoin is going to be $34,546.27. Nice, nice, nice. And I went with 34415 even. What, you went 34 as well? Yep, 34.4. Oh my God. <laughs> like the price of right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what it is, dude. That's, That's exactly so close. We haven't had close guesses like that in a while. Okay, Mike, what did you go for? Uh, I got 37,000. Right on. 221. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 cents. Right on. There I like that. Go. There you go. A bull. Right, we needed a bull. bull here. We needed a bull. Yeah, I can't believe how close we were, Doug. A little bit. We need it. We need it. So yeah, when we well, started yeah. the show early on, I was like, it's going to go up by $50,000 next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also came in at the crazy bull run in December and everything was insane. So I was like, I think we're going to be at 400000 next week. Okay. Cool, man. <laughs> okay. We've so, got no... Michael, you, uh, you get to, you know, what, whatever time you need, man. What are you working on right now? Where can people find you? Just like we, we want, uh, I've had a really great conversation. Uh, I, I love the fact that you're going to come back hopefully and, and we'll talk some more about some other concepts because we really did have about four or five more tweets of yours to kind of talk over. Uh, but uh, I, I would love to have you back. But in the meantime, where can people find you? What are you working at? What um, specifically, where can people find that article that you wrote? Because I'd, I'd, I've never seen it. So I'd like to definitely go and check it out. Um, yeah, just kind of kind of tell us what what uh, where we can find you and stuff. Cool. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter right now. My handle is Crypto Traveler. Um, I'm working on changing that. I just don't know what to change it to. Um, and that article actually is on the. It's you can only find it on the Wayback Machine. I might publish it on my Substack. Um, but I'll send you guys a link so you guys can check it out. But yeah, it's, it's, it's on the Wayback Machine. It's on the old website and it's, that website is gone. Um, what I'm working on right now? Well, I'm working on myself. And that's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin, right? It's, it has like these, once, once you, you adopt a Bitcoin standard and you, you start getting into um, the different intersectionalities that Bitcoin crosses over, um, you start exploring different avenues and, yeah, um, that's what I'm doing. I'm just taking the time now to explore myself, explore different philosophical ideas, and yeah, just putting together like a nice knowledge base that I never had the opportunity to do. And that's where I'm at right now. And hopefully, I've been working with a lot of plebs, um, been working with Joel. And we're going to see what kind of projects sprout up from this. So I'm kind of just in limbo, but not really, you know, just um, still. You're in a rebuilding phase, huh? In a, in a rebuilding phase. Let's, let's put it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm lucky enough All to right. have that opportunity and I, I took it. So, Hey, do me a favor. <laughs> <When you> t- <coughs> Sorry, <coughs> uh, my, my cigar got a little smoky there. Uh, when you talk to Joel, tell him to come on the show, man, because I've wanted him on the show for a long time. So, Have you invited he's, him? So he's always too busy. He's always too busy. He's a busy guy. Busy guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So tell him we love him over here and uh, tell him to come on the show at some point. So, 
Will do. All right, guys. So follow him at Crypto Traveler. Uh, and and uh, he's going to send us a link. And if you don't mind, Michael, I'm going to put that in the show notes down below. And they can, they can check that link out that you send over to me. Sure. Because uh, I'd, like, I'd like people to read what you got to say. And if you guys aren't following him, you need to. Because he does put out a lot of quality stuff. A lot, a lot of signal. Not a lot of noise. So it's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. All right. right on, man. With that, guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, hey, if you want to find any of our other, other, other shows, you can find us at Ask or... What is it? Whybitcoinpodcast.com. If you want to send us an email, you can email at us email us at askwhybitcoin at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at whybitcoinj. Doug, you are bearded hoddle. Together we are uh, at whybitcoin under score. Right on, man. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, I feel like a f- year old when you make me do that it shit. makes me really happy it's the best part uh, of the show I hate it hate it <laughs> and hey if you uh if you really enjoyed the show if you made it all the way to the end consider sharing it with a friend we uh we like all of you appreciate you listening and uh as always hey if ever you're wondering why or what why ask what when you could ask why What? Okay. Cut.